a jewel in the desert. A round city full of merchants, rulers, and scholars. The great minds of the Abbasid Empire. This is Figures of Baghdad. Hello, fellow travelers. Surprise! We're back with a whole new season dedicated to the different figures of Baghdad, as found in the game Assassin's Creed Mirage. In this season, we'll be exploring the rich world of the Abbasids and their capital city. Ali, I'm glad to be back and excited to get to know some of these cool people. Oh, I'm so excited to be back too. We have some fascinating people to visit with rich stories full of drama, intrigue, and mystery. As you say, Dina, in every episode of this season, we'll be covering characters that feature in Assassin's Creed Mirage. And today, we're kicking it off with the three brothers of dubious origin who are actually adopted by the Khalif. Raised in the court, they become famous scientists and scholars and eventually political figures amidst the chaos of warring factions. Okay, I'm ready. Yalla, let's do this. In the last season, we left off at the House of Wisdom. So now let's meet some of the scholars who studied in this incredible institution. Let's meet these three brothers. Disclaimer though, they have no links to the Knight of the Three Khalifs from last season's episode, The War Between Two Brothers. Yeah, no relation whatsoever, but for whatever reason, they do love the symmetry or the harmony of three for all of their descriptions. You're going to frequently see three this, three that. So it's good to get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, true. The three brothers of the Banu Musa were actually a family of brilliant engineers and scientists with a really interesting history. I'll be honest, Ali, that sounds super predictable. I'm not even surprised that you said that because... Growing up Egyptian, all I ever heard is that this person's graduated in engineering. Oh, your cousin's become an engineer. So I know that feeling all too well. <laughs> it's honestly the same. My mom wanted me to become a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. I became a professor. Sorry, mom. I don't I don't see how that's not amazing. I'm sure she's oozing with pride. My mom and dad... I hope. Yeah, I'm sure she does. I mean, my mom and dad still don't really fully get what I do. <laughs> I had to explain what being a professor was actually like to my mom. Really? Yeah, she's like, so you're a teacher. And I'm like, sort of. Uh, she wasn't happy with the professor type. She's like, so you're just a teacher, basically. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Ali, so did the Banu Musa's mom want them to become engineers too? You know, we don't actually know a lot about their mom, but I will tell you, their dad was a con man. A con man? Yep. I did not see that coming. Now I know this story is going to be very good. How do you go from being a con man to a dad with three engineer sons? Well, the funny story is their father is a man named Musa ibn Shakir, and he was originally a highwayman, and he used to steal from people. There's actually a really interesting story. is During Friday prayers, while everyone was congregating during those times, he would sneak out of the mosque and then steal from their possessions, from the houses, and he would come back before the prayers were finished. For whatever reason, at some point, he comes across Khalif al-Ma'mun and he impresses him. And so al-Ma'mun hires him to be his personal astrologer. So from thief to astrologer. When you say impresses him, what do you mean? As in his ability to steal while people are praying? He ends up being very smart. For whatever reason, like they have this conversation and, and Musa is like an intelligent person, not just a thief, but really well-read. I, I can't get over the contradiction, by the way, of people praying and then him stealing while they're doing a religious <laughs> act. 
Okay, Ali, I've come across a lot of job titles in my time, but that one is definitely out there. Talk about strange evolution. How can you go from being a thief to a personal astrologer to the Khalif? Not only is that an upgrade, but I'm sure that came with a lot of perks. Oh yeah, it's kind of goals. I mean, why can't a rich patron of the arts give us a cushy court position? Maybe they will alter this podcast, but... Maybe. Um, what would you want to be, Ali? Definitely court astrologer, but I'd probably get in trouble for rousing the rabble against the Khalif. How about you? I'd be chilling in the palace as a queen, duh. Of course. So the Banu Musa grew up very close to the court. They did. When their dad died, the Khalif takes over their education. So they were practically raised in the House of Wisdom, which we've talked about. That means they would have got a really high quality education. We know from the last season that the House of Wisdom not only has the best translations in the world, but access to the latest theories in mathematics, science, philosophy, and they're working with the brightest minds at such a young age. They got one heck of an education, Dina. They were taught by the head of the House of Wisdom, Ibn Ishaq, who was an historian Christian. And so each brother actually goes on to develop their own unique expertise. Jafar Muhammad becomes an expert in mathematics, astronomy, and astrology. Ahmad becomes an expert in engineering and mechanics. And Al-Hassan is an expert in geometry and algebra. It's really cool. Wow, their parents must have been really proud of them. And they covered a range of subjects from what I remember from the House of Wisdom episode is that these are predominantly Greek sciences, so you can really see their interests coming through. Their love of the Greek sciences was very, very real. I mean, you can see in what they mastered. They even traveled actually on behalf of Khalif al-Ma'mun, collecting various points. And at one instance, even goes to the Byzantine Empire to collect some books and return them to Baghdad. And collecting books was a big deal for the Abbasids. They are, as you always say, warrior nerds. Like me. Exactly. And this isn't just a trip for books for them. There's so much more to it. Totally. Knowledge is political. In the same way that empires build great monuments and statues as their legacies, for the Abbasids, it would be their knowledge. And so they would hire people like Al-Hajjaj, who will translate Euclid. And his theories were important for Baghdad itself because the round city was a homage to his mathematics. Euclid inspired them. So the Banu Musa traveled west to the Byzantine Empire, to your hometown, in fact, Egypt, and even to East Africa because they were inspired. Yeah, they acted like agents of the Khalif. You don't always think of scholars in that way, but for the Abbasid scholars, learning and education was really important. It was part of their imperial project, in fact, to create an empire of learning. Now I can see why you really like these warrior nerds, Ali. Mm-hmm. What can I say? They are people after my own heart. So in their travels, what did they do? You know, who did they meet and what books did they translate? They actually gathered quite a bit, Dina. They focused mostly on the Greek translations that you mentioned, but they also had original works of their own. And that's a good point to make because it wasn't just about translating and preserving knowledge. The scholars of medieval Baghdad were advancing it. They were coming up with their own theories and own inventions. Yeah, for the Banu Musa, they wrote important treatises around the degrees of the zodiac constellation. They even calculated the astronomical year so they got the exact timing of how long it takes the sun to revolve around. We even have some brilliant mechanical feats that are inspired by Philon of Byzantium, one of which is a mechanical tree made of gold and silver with birds that sing, and all of it was mechanical. 
What was the purpose of that? It was just to demonstrate they can do it. Some of it was for timekeeping measures, but others was to demonstrate the mathematical accuracy of this moment. Like the water clocks and mechanical clocks that we talked about last season. I remember those because I have to get you a sundial. And I got to get you an elephant. Yeah, you're taking your time though, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Ali, maths keeps coming up. Can we talk a bit more about just how much investigation and study was dedicated to math? A lot. I mean, the medieval scholars were totally obsessed with math, and they saw it as the harmony of the universe. Just don't ask me to explain the math because I'm a history major and it flies completely over my head. Both of us know, though, those calculations were super important for medieval scholars. Very much. So, for example, the biographer Ibn Kalakan talks about how the Banu Musa go out to the Sinjar Desert and they use the pole star and measuring stakes and ropes, and with it, they're able to calculate the circumference of the Earth, which is 24,000 miles. And that's incredibly accurate. So, when I say investigate, that's what I mean. They're carrying out these intense experiments. So many of the theories, calculations, and measurements from this period still stand up. Totally. Something I've been thinking about, actually, is what the politics of the House of Wisdom was like. Because we've talked about their achievements, but if you've got that many different personalities trying to win the favour of the Khalif, it must get spicy. Honestly, it's not too different from the cutthroat life of universities today. University life then seems way more interesting, though. It's a story for another time. But it really, it was the same with the House of Wisdom. So when I read about this time, Dina, I recognize it. Because the politics could be incredibly fierce. Now, while the patronage was great under Al-Ma'mun, his and, of course, his immediate successor, by the time of Al-Mutawakil, things got a bit tense. Mutawakkal was a much harsher ruler. He curtailed some of the rights of non-Muslims, for example, and he was way more demanding of the scholars. So it really depended on the Khalif. And that's really important to know, Ali, because the Abbasids were generally known for their tolerance. It's what makes medieval Baghdad so unique. But those rights all depended on whether the Khalif was a tyrant or not. And that wouldn't just affect the targeted group, it also affects everyone. Yeah, and the Banu Musa used this to their advantage. They were very close friends with the court astrologer Abu Mashur. His translation of my zodiac we read last season. A bit of a legend, that Abu Mashur. <laughs> but he and the Banu Musa had a little bit of a rivalry with Al-Kindi, who's the father of Arabic Aristotelian philosophy. We'll mention him a little bit later. So each of these people are incredibly important in their own ways. Abu Matshar is the court astrologer, Al-Kindi is a famous philosopher, and the Banu Musa are scholars and agents of the Khalif. Exactly, and the Banu Musa in particular ended up hating Al-Kindi. He criticized one of their calculations at one point, and that pissed them off. You never hurt a man's ego. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the Banu Musa said. So they actually had Mutawakil confiscate all of Al-Kindi's books and his library. That's got a hurt. Yeah. Books were so important in this time and cherished by all. So the labor that went into that book, the knowledge, and having it taken away is a huge deal. Oh, they get a little bit of their own kabumpins, or just a tad. Because shortly afterwards, the Banu Musa end up getting in trouble with the very same Khalif. They're put in charge of a canal in Jafariya, and they're supposed to calculate how to build this canal so that it keeps the water. But they end up miscalculating it. And so the Khalif tells them, if this canal doesn't work and the water doesn't stay there, we are going to have you executed. So an even worse punishment than Al-Kindi. But 
The Banu Musa get lucky. The court astrologer predicts that the Khalif is going to die soon. So they just wait him out. He dies and they survive. Saved by astrology again. <laughs> In the end, for all their exploits, the Banu Musa would become really, really wealthy and powerful. And they're going to play a role in future politics. Ooh, I love how scandalous the scholars were. We dived into the rich history of the Banu Musa, their work, their schemes, and there is so much more to come as we learn more about the people who lived and plotted in medieval Baghdad. What's great about this season is we're going to be talking about other people with surprising origin stories and how they go on to achieve great things or leave a mark on history. Thanks for joining us. I'm Dina. And I'm Ali. This is a Ubisoft podcast produced by Paradiso Media. Be sure to subscribe to the Echoes of History podcast so you don't miss the next episode of Figures of Baghdad. See you next time, fellow travelers. Bye.